Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Scale Riders Podcast. This is episode number 145 with your host, 65 Lokes. My guest for this episode is Shane Harold, aka Man Cave Models, on Instagram, slammed I am 01. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Let's go. Hello. Hey, what's up, Shane? How you doing? What's up, Edgar? Chilling, man. Chilling. I'm excited to, uh, about this episode, dude. It's been a while. You know, we've been trying, yeah, but... but finally. Yep, it's been a while coming, ain't it? No, yeah, man. How uh, how you been? <clears throat> Just working. Damn, dude. I trip out because, I mean, you do work a lot, you know, but then aside from that, you still find the time to work on model cars. How do you... Um, how do you do that? Like, how do you maintain to stay focused and make some really clean builds? I usually, you know, I work uh, seven to five, and I got a 30-minute drive each way, you know. Uh, so I usually get home about 5.30 in the afternoon, and uh, I'll sit here and, you know, unwind for a little bit, and then I'll grab me something to eat. And usually about a little bit after 7 30 you know if i'm got something i'm wanting to do or you know that's when i'll sit down and start working on something and i usually sit there and work on something about 10 o'clock 10 30 just depends on you know what kind of groove i'm in on it nice nice and would you say uh you know since you're connected with a lot of people on instagram does that play somewhat of an influence on the on the building to keep you you know to keep building yeah, yeah, I've had, you know, there's quite a few people on Instagram, you know, that I talk back and forth with, you know, and stuff and ideas and whatnot. And, but yeah, I, you know, a lot of that's what somewhat kind of keeps me going on it, you know, to actually continue to work and, you know, progress as I go. Yeah. And I mean, you've been doing this for a long time, dude. Like, when was it when you initially, you know, this was introduced to you, model building, the first time you ever saw it? Shoot, I was six or seven years old. Um, my cousin, she actually had some uh, monster trucks that was built by her father in her bedroom. So I think it was around my seventh or eighth birthday. Uh, I remember they asked me what I wanted for my birthday, and it was a model car, so. That's what, you know, we went and got, and it was a, the first one that we bought was a NASCAR kit. It was number 28 Hardy's car, and my dad, we sat there at the kitchen table at our old apartment, <clears throat> and, you know, we built it. Didn't paint anything, just stuck the decals on it and everything, and that was, that's when it all started, and then probably about a year or two later i i really started getting into it more and then um of course i built all the way up you know teenage years and then when i started working it kind of slowed down and after i graduated my son was born right before i graduated so i started tinkering with it some here and there and i I think I put it down back in 02, 03, and I didn't pick it back up till probably 07 or 08, and that's when I really got hot and heavy into it. Man, that's crazy. And when you got back into it around, you know, the, the 07, 08 years, um, did you already 
find like an online community yet or, or not yet at that time? Well, that's when I found model car, you know, back then that was the days of the forums. So I found model car magazine forum and I got involved in it and that's what helped spread the fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right on. <clears throat> yeah. Cause, uh, and from there, from the forums, um, was YouTube like the next thing? Were you like watching people, you know, post their videos or build it? You meet more people on there. I hadn't really got involved in that yet. Uh, of course, uh, I got on Facebook and I started getting in the groups over there. And then I created my page because, you know, I figured, you know, my friends and family didn't want to see my page just full of model car stuff. So I created my own page on Facebook just for the model builds and it actually gained more attention than what I was expecting it to be. That's awesome. And then then next was I tried getting into the YouTube. I will, you know, I watch people's stuff on there and, uh, I tried doing my own videos, but it it takes quite a bit of time, you know, to actually record and then edit and then upload. I was at that time, I was more into just actual building than the video part. Yeah. Yeah. Because that that stuff definitely does take up a lot of time and, Mm -hmm. you know, editing and just putting all the everything together that. After all, it kind of burns you out, and then I feel like it takes away that energy, too, from building as well. Yeah. Yeah, you know, with Facebook and Instagram, you know, it's just upload the pic, say something, and then you're done, you know? Yeah. I I trip out, you know, throughout the years how everything's evolved with uh, the way we're all connected. You know how, how you had mentioned, like, forums? Like, I remember... Mm-hmm. Being in forums, not for the model car, for, for other things, but that was a, like a very hot thing. Um, you know, face the, all the transitions into Facebook, the YouTube, and and now you know it's it's all Twitter, but and not Twitter, uh, Instagram. But we are starting to see also a lot of people um, getting on like TikTok also, and little bit sort of like little by little hinting that they're on TikTok. I mean, I've done it myself where I post like some videos that I'll make yeah. on there. Just to, I don't know, post them on there. But then I have the video saved. So I'm like, you know what? I'll share it on Instagram. And, you know, who knows how that's going to be in the future? You know, what other platform um, everybody's going to be in. Um, From when you look back, comparing like the back then to now, as far as model builders, do you notice like a, a bigger presence now online than before? Well... You know, everything's opened up now with Facebook and Instagram. So, you know, used to you just, you know, you only had so many forums and stuff. And usually everybody was on each and every one. Uh, But. Yeah, I'd probably say, you know, now you you do see a lot more and especially from overseas. Mm hmm. You know, like on Instagram, especially. Yeah, it's true. You do. Because, um, I mean, you know, first, you know, you follow a lot of the your friends, people that you see at shows. And eventually it breaks into people that live in other states. 
And then once you're kind of, you know, connected with everybody in the U.S., all of a sudden you start following like other friends that are like in Canada and then friends that are like in Australia, New Zealand and you just mm -hmm. different parts of the world. And, yeah. and you start to see different levels to it, too, you know, um, and, and a lot you get a lot of inspiration from a lot of these pages where you go, dang, you know, and and it's cool that, you know, even if they don't speak English or, or, or can write English, whatever language that they express themselves in that caption, we can tra mm -hmm. translate it so we could read uh, what, what they're trying to share or to say in that post. Yeah. Yeah, I like that about Instagram because of that reason right there. You know, you can at least see what they're saying or whatnot on their post in there. Yeah, and it, it's cool, man. I feel like right now it's like good times uh, to be getting into model building. Even if, um, you know, some people have been around for a long time and they've seen the progression and the changes. But even someone new coming into it that is is about to come back or has done it for maybe, you know, the last six months, they're really getting into it. You know, they shouldn't feel a certain way, like that they're like behind or, or discouraged mm -hmm. because I feel like a lot of people are just bringing their A game. There's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of materials um, and just different things to work with that you could catch up and you can learn pretty fast. Yeah. If you're willing to learn it, yeah, you can, you can catch up pretty fast, you know, it's just like back when, you know, I found the model car forms, you know, I didn't even know about the whole aftermarket. You know, it, it was small back then, but still the stuff back then, you know, it just blew my mind that there was that so much stuff out there that, you know, I didn't even have no clue of because, you know, I never went to any kind of show or anything like that. You know, I always just built just to build and. Where I found the forum, like I said, you know, I didn't know, I didn't know about Pegasus wheels, and, you know, I didn't know about all this stuff, and I was just like, holy crap! So I was kind of mind blown back then, you know, with the amount of aftermarket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy because I mean, now you got three D printing, you know, <laughs> that's a whole new level right there too. Yeah, and it, it's a trip, like you, what you said, you know, about. The aftermarket parts because i wasn't aware either back then of that once in a while i would come across something like oh they're selling skirts for like an impala or the the boot for like a convertible but that was it you know i wasn't really seeing any um like pre-distributor wires or you know for the engines or any, anything like that yeah and um and i would say it was probably more when um when i got back into model building you know, and I was on Instagram um, and, you know, looking back at like 2015, 2016 and just seeing like people adding all those details in there that I was like, man, I, I want to get some of that stuff, too. Mm -hmm. And I mean, now you see, yeah, you see like some very, uh, very creative engines. Like they look very realistic with the weathering and just everything that goes into it. And, you know, the 3D printing is definitely, dude, like something, you know, something crazy. And I feel like it's barely scratching the surface. I feel like something big is going to come within this year coming up and, and the next. Yeah, I'd say so, too, because, I mean, it's just an endless possibility with it, you know. 
I mean, you got somebody as you know that takes the time to create the files and design and do all that, and then put it out there. You know that anything is going to be possible with it. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for for like Iceman's uh, new website. He he's got the launch coming up this new year, and uh, I mean he's been building a lot of uh, or creating a lot of 3D stuff and and even kits. Yeah, I, I, I've seen it on Instagram some of the stuff and been doing. I've yeah. got a few of his stuff here that I've gotten over the past over this year actually. Yeah, I got I got my hands on one of the um, the Lincolns that he did. Um, it looks it looks like a fleet line, like a bomb. It looks pretty dope. Mm. And I mean, those are like limited limited runs that he does. Yeah. So I wonder if these other ones will be also limited, or um, or if he's just gonna you know be something that will be around for a while um, with these new cars. But I'm excited. I mean, there's just so much going on. Um, mm-hmm. And and as far as you know, like your your process of like model building, um, you know, you've shared some photos with me, you know, through DM, showing like the stance, the wheels, and and everything. What's your process when you're getting started? Um, like, how do you make your selection down to which kit you're gonna work on next? It all just depends on the mood and if I've seen something. Um... Sometimes I can just be sitting here, you know, scrolling on Instagram or Facebook, see, you know, either a one-to-one or someone else's build, and, you know, could give an idea that way. Uh, I know a lot of times most of my stuff starts around the wheels. That's usually the first thing that I select on, you know, when I go to build something is my wheels and the stands. So... I usually try to, you know, get that and get the idea of where I'm wanting to go and, you know, go from there on it. Yeah. So once you have the, the wheels and the stance set, does uh does color, is that next for you? Uh, yeah, usually that's, you know, once I got stuff planned out, uh, usually the color, you know, that's next thing I do is actually, you know, do the prep work and get the body done you know if i've already usually i've got a color picked out whenever i'm doing you know with the wheels in the stance stage so you know I, once i get body prep and everything i go ahead and i get it painted and cleared and that way you know it's done um majority of the time i still have you know i still have to mock up suspensions or whatnot you know in it but sometimes i've got an extra body here so i usually use that extra body that way you know i'm not taking a freshly painted body on and off a hundred times and and also um what's your preference of paint Mm, right now and what it's been for the past few years has been ppg stuff Uh, my buddy who actually you know taught me how to airbrush he on the body shop and that's all he used was ppg so um you know now for primer and stuff i use a duplicolor and transtar but uh my base and my clear is 
majority of the times PPG, uh, but he turned me on to the PPG and it just, it lays so smooth and the, especially the clear, yeah. you know, the clear is just like glass. <laughs> no, it is. You could see it. I'm like, damn, this thing looks so dope. Have you ever tried switching over to something different and it doesn't work and you're like cheap and you go back to the PPG? Mm, usually when I get with something, I run with it. Uh, I have bought uh, scale finishes. I bought some of their stuff and I painted a couple with them and I was pretty happy with it. Uh, I bought, there's a website called uh, Touch Up automotive touchuppaint.com uh i bought some of their stuff and used it it's showing williams paint automotive paint so it's pretty good and then i've got some uh tropical glitz too i've used it on a couple of things and i'm pretty happy with it too that's cool and for uh this year earlier um you know, you had completed some builds and you went over to the Atlanta show, the Acme. How was that? Dude, Atlanta is always fun. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it, that's, that's actually the first show I ever went to, and that was back in 2012. Dang, so, 2012. That's a, that's a while, man. That's like already we're going on, what, almost 10, 10, 10 years. years? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. So, I mean, that I didn't even... I didn't even go to show that year. Uh, me, my wife, and my son and my niece, we went down there just to look, you know, and check it out. And I was just like, holy crap. You know, I think they had that year, there was like 700 and something cars on the table. Dang. That's so, a lot. Yeah. I mean, you know, that, that was my first year or first time down there, you know, and I was just like, you know, looking at stuff on the table. And I mean, I was really just mind blown at what was there on the tables. Yeah. Did you, uh, did you go home with a lot of like kids and, and stuff too from the, their like swap meet? Dude, I don't even remember that year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't remember what all I bought. I know I did buy a few things, but mm -hmm. uh, at that time, uh, I was only looking for certain stuff. So mm -hmm. now the following year, that's a different story. Yeah. So like after that first year and when you left, did you leave like, man, I'm coming back. Like I'm going I'm, I'm to build something for this now. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely did. And I was like, you know, I was like, I'm going to have to step up my game because, you know, the quality of the builds there, you know, was just, is just crazy. Mm -hmm. Did you ever think so, that you would ever see any like on that level of what you just saw when you went to that first show? No, I never did. You know, the amount of detail and stuff that was done on some, I was just like, you know, I was like, that's just crazy. I never even dreamed that, you know, it could be, you know, that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I, I, um, I'll meet like people you know, just waiting somewhere or whatever. And then we start talking about stuff and s somehow, you know, like the cars or the subject of model building pops up. And sometimes there's people that tell me, you know, man, people are still doing that. Like they're quite surprised. They thought it was like completely gone. 
And yeah. I'm like, nah, nah, it's not gone. It's it's just, it's still there. And now it's like on a whole nother level. And then if I show them like some photos of people's builds, they flip out. Because they, they think it's like a real car, but I'm like, nah, that's a model car right there. <laughs> and um, yeah. and they just they just trip out on that. And um, and yeah, I mean, even, you know, I, I had never really gone to any shows growing up. So whatever exposure I had to a build that had detail or anything that was like different was on mag in magazines. The uh the those lawyer bicycle magazines that yeah. were out and then I mean I I never looked at any of the scale autos. Um I I always try to think back like how 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 was I not aware of those magazines back then? You know, and I mean I know those weren't sold at liquor stores. I didn't see any of those in there. <laughs> But, yeah, I, I'm the same way because I'm like, you know, I'm like, scale, oh, I've been back this store. And I was like, why never I, why didn't I ever see them, you know, at the store? Because, you know, back then, of course, you know, magazines were everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and back so then. I used to buy the Hot Rod magazines all the time, and but I never did see these model car magazines. Yeah, those were, those weren't there. And back then, um. Where were you buying your model kits from? Like, was there hobby stores, or were you just getting them from like like a supermarket or a pharmacy? Uh, before I was probably sixteen, majority of my kits, uh, there was a. I would buy some from Roses, as a department store. Uh, we did have a couple of. Uh, you know, local pharmacies that did have kits, and uh, but majority, and of course Walmart. But uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of Big Lots. Yeah, mm -hmm. there's some, there's <clears> some out here. They, I used to tear them up every week with my allowance. Because <laughs> yeah. they, you know, they had kits, you know, closeout kits. You know, it was a closeout store, so I'd go in there and buy kits for a dollar ninety nine, two ninety nine, Friday. So, you know, I'd Coming come up. home with stacks, you know, get $20 allowance every week. You know, I mean, you could rack up on some model kits. <laughs> Dang, that's crazy. Like, to, you know, those were the times, you know, back then getting yeah. them at that price. Yeah, there was a couple of hobby shops around here. Uh, one of them I wasn't, well, I never did go into. Uh, I knew about it. But I never did, you know. I always thought he was a train guy. Mm. Uh, but about three or four years ago, I actually bought what he had left out. He'd closed the store down in 99, and mm. everything had been sitting in a trailer. And I bought like over 500 kits from him. Yeah. So he, I mean, there's, so he, there's one box is full of Johans. Oh, shoot. So. He he closed and then he just put everything up on a like a trailer and it was just chilling there for a while. Yeah, till you got to it. Yeah, yeah. Dang. Through uh, my cousin and a mutual friend, uh, mm -hmm. he was starting to get bad in his health and uh, he was wanting to get rid of it. Of some of the you know what he had and whatnot, and we went over there and we struck a deal and I ended up hauling all of it out. Wow, so majority of it, but. Yeah, so I wonder, like, during that time, you know, like, I'm trying to picture the store and, like, maybe the display window had, like, a, a train set display 
that gave it yeah. a, a front, like, oh, it's just railroad. But inside, you probably had all those Johan and, and other. It, it did. That's how it was. Dang. Uh, it actually, the front of the building, you know, it looked like an old railroad uh, station and whatnot. And mm-hmm. he had, you know, railroad signs and stuff hanging outside. Uh, he was actually in two different locations, but I mean, I'd pass by this store almost every day because it was within distance from where I lived and traveled back and forth to, you know, school and work. Man, what a trip. But you ended up, you know, at the end coming up and, and getting that. So I guess yeah. it, I guess it was meant to be that way, you know? Mm-hmm. What's crazy is there's another hobby shop that I actually did buy from. And uh, he ended up selling out probably mid, around 2005, 08, somewhere during that time. And the guy who bought him out, uh, you know, bought everything. And he ended up passing, well, his son inherited everything. And I ended up buying everything that he had left from that hobby shop. (laughs) That's crazy. So the, so the original seller, he he sells, he gets bought out, and then the guy that bought it, he ends up passing away, and then his son took over that inheritance. And, yeah, they didn't. He the second, uh, or his father, whenever he bought it out, he didn't really wasn't really open to the public or selling it. He just bought it and collected it. So. You know, he passed away. His son inherited it, and I believe he was moving. So he was trying, you know, to get the stuff gone because he had a bunch of train stuff as well. So I ended up buying all the car stuff. Uh, and I seen him uh, to a couple of guys that was military. You know, there's a bunch of planes and stuff. I seen him to a couple of local guys, and I think they ended up buying all that out from him. Damn, it, it's a trip, you know, how those things happen sometimes, whether with a business or even a collector, um, you know, a collector could be collecting things for many years and protecting it, taking care of it. And it, he knows its value and worth, but mm-hmm. for some reason, never, never sells it, just holds on to it for that right moment. And then, you know, unfortunately, sometimes things happen and, you know. If he passes away, then, you know, the family ends up with it, but they don't know, like, what's up with this. Yeah. And, and they just, they're not interested in it, you know, and they want to get rid of it. And a lot of the times, you know, it just, it just, you know, sells for a low price or, or like an estate sale or just, you know, it's just gone. Yeah. George will testify to this. I think is that, is it either the second or third year? in Atlanta. I can't remember exactly what year it was, but there was a, you know, guy had passed away and his wife had brought off his kids to the show down there in Atlanta and she wanted them gone. They was walking away out of there with brand new kids for five and $10 still sealed. Dang. Yeah. I mean, we, we took a buddy's van and I loaded that thing up. right on i mean even when it's moments like that and you're coming up it's like it's like a rush like that feeling you know like you can't believe it but you're like it's in my hands you know i have it yeah yep 
It's like hitting the lottery. <laughs> yeah. The model lottery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. And George was also there coming up? Vision 124? Yeah, I think he was there that year. Uh, I don't know how much he got because I think that was – I think that was like the actual first year that me and him actually met. Yeah. So it was like, because the first year I actually showed was in 2013, and I can't remember how long he'd been coming down there. But I, it might have been his first year there. That's nice. And through the years, um, have you guys always kind of run into each other at that show? Or like, meaning like, is there a lot of the same people that keep coming back? Or Yeah, there's a lot of regulars. uh yeah, me and him always, you know, if we're going, we we both plan and, you know, we hook up whenever we get down there and, you know, and run around and kick it there at the show and whatnot. So yeah, that's but, dope. yeah. There's there's quite a there's quite a bit of people that you know has been there since the first year that I've been, and you know it just continues to grow there too. Mm-hmm. And do you? tend to see like more newer builds or sometimes you see some previous builds that have been put out on the tables? Mm, it's 50, 50 sometimes. Uh, you do see quite a lot of repeats down there because it is, a you know, just a big show. And, but I try not to, you know, repeat anything. You know, if I take it to a show and it's been there, I'm done with it. You know, once it's been to every show that I be, that I go to, you know, yearly, I won't take it to that show again ever. Mm-hmm. That's cool. You end up like retiring it pretty much from like competing and stuff like that. That car. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And all your models that you've built. What's um, how do you display them or how do you like put them? You know how do you protect them over over the years? Uh, I've got the twenty one and twenty four car holders for the big you know corny display cases. Uh, I've got three of them and they're all full right now. <laughs> oh man, you gotta send me a photo. I want to see uh, some of. I do. I do have some die casting in a, in a couple of them, but. Uh, which I'm actually looking to buy a couple more just to put, you know, just only the diecast stuff in. But, but yeah. yeah, I mean, they're full of, you know, actual builds. That's cool. It must have looked like a, like a car meet in those cases. <laughs> yeah. That's tight. Yeah. And I mean, nothing wrong with getting diecast either, you know. I, um, I mean, I've been getting into some of those uh, 164 scale. Um, die cast and the, there's some that I'm getting that they're pretty, pretty detailed, yeah. and um, and it's a trip because the more I come across it, like just seeing people post and everything, it um it, it just sheds a different light like on the die cast and even like how just as as much as we're into 124 scale 125 scale model plastic model cars, they're into that as well. Oh, yeah, I've seen a bunch of the 164 guys, you know. Just some of the stuff that they've done with some of them, I'm like, I can't do it. That's just too small for me. But, you know, it, it was just incredible at what they're doing with them now. Mm-hmm. And you're starting to see a lot more of them, you know, being customizing stuff. And 
seeing aftermarket, you know, open up for them too. So, yeah, dude, <laughs> it's just so much stuff for them. I see too. And um, out of all the uh, out of all the model cars that you've built, is Ford like the Ford trucks? Are those your favorite? Like your to go tos? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much the Ford trucks. I I've just I I like doing them the most. I know some probably tired of seeing me do this 67 72 trucks, but man, there's just so many different variations, you know, that can be done and how they can be built. And, you know, those trucks right now in the one to one world, I mean, they're gaining very quite uh, popularity. Yeah. And I, and I bet expensive too now, the value of a lot of those trucks. Yeah. They're getting up there, especially that last one I bought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they look dope, man. Don't stop making them, for sure. I don't think people are, are tired of them. Like you said, there's so many different variations of yeah. those trucks built. So many different things you can do. Uh, colors, wheels, you know, and stances. And, I mean, they, they look super nice. Um, yeah. Were, were you excited when, like, Mobius started, you know, coming out with those, producing them? Oh, yeah. When they're at, when they're like announced that they was coming out with them i i was just at that time the ford trucks and the model kits you know there wasn't many options and what was there some of them were just junk kits to me mm -hmm. and when they announced you know that they was i was like all right this is going to open up you know a whole new world for you know the truck side and you know They've done, you know, just about every year, except 68, I think. I hadn't done one of them yet. You know, but they've done regular cab, long bed, two-wheel drive, four-wheel drive. Now they've got the 65, 66 truck. And, you know, I just saw a model roundup where they announced that the ramp truck's going to be coming out next year. That thing looks dope. The ramp truck? Oh yeah, I'm buying. I'm gonna get me a few of them too. Yeah, those are super nice. They. Uh, I wonder how big the box will be for that. I've actually got. I'll have to send you a picture of it. But I've got a picture. Of, I don't. I'm not a big fan of that big wedge. Mm -hmm. uh, I like more of the traditional flatbed. But I ran across a a guy in one of the F100 groups the other night. He actually has a 68 or 69. And the bed on his truck is exactly how I want to do it. And I think I can make it work out of the, you know, the bed that came in the kit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, dude, send it through uh, when you get a chance. I want to check that out. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I, I've i been collecting a lot of those uh, Ford trucks, too, on the Mobius. I haven't, mm -hmm. I haven't built one yet, but I, I have, um, you know, whenever I see... You know, whatever, whatever release that Mobius comes out with, I'll buy it. Like, I'll buy the mm -hmm. year. And, and I mean, I, I think when I was collecting those in the beginning when they were coming out with them, the the reason I, I wanted the Ford truck is just because it reminds me of my grandfather's truck. He had a, mm -hmm. a, a Ford truck. I don't know exactly the year, but, you know, I talked to Luis about it. And I want to say it has to be uh, in the early 70s, I want to say. Um, but I'm still trying to look for photos to try to reference to the truck that he had because, mm -hmm. um, 
that truck's not here in the U.S. anymore. It's back in Mexico, and but it was a truck that he would drive, you know, whenever he would come over here to work and then go back, and and it's just yeah. a, it's a trip because that, that truck. I think everything's still. Um, it's like in like one of one of my grandfather's like old like like a garage, you know. Mm-hmm. Like it's just chilling in there and it's covered. But I don't, you know, probably maybe the engine don't work. But everything else, um, I don't think it's rusted or anything like that. But it's yeah. it's still out there. And um, and you know the the box art for the, I think it's like the '69 Ford that Mobius did. Mm-hmm. It shows it in in like that blue color. Yeah, that's the color that the that the truck was. So it reminds me a lot of that. And yeah. and you know like. Luis is like also big on uh, Ford trucks, so it was just kind of like a cool thing. Like he's collecting them, and I'm, you know, I'm coll- he's getting me into them even, <laughs> even more, you know. So, yeah, I've got, I've got, I think when they first came out, I think I bought, I think they came out with the '69 and then the '71 Long Bed Ranger kit, and I think I bought three of the '69s and then two of the '71s. Nice. Every every time they come out with one, I buy at least two. Uh, Yeah. There's some of them like whenever they came out with the '66 short bed, I bought four of them. I you know I've noticed through through like the these last like maybe two three years or ever since the '69 came out, that one's gone up a lot in value. Uh, yeah, it's that one and the '70, the short bed '70. or Model King releases. They mm. only ran, I think, I think they said first run. I, I may be wrong, but I think I'd read or seen or heard that they only ran 5,000 of them kits originally. And they actually did like a second run of the 69. Mm-hmm. So their Model King and the production were actually pretty low. Wow. Okay. Yeah, because, you know, I, I didn't know that because I was going to ask you about that. Like, I wonder, you know, I always wondered what that was. Like, what was it that was giving that those, you know, that car high in value? Because I would see it on eBay or even Luis was asking me, like, hey, if you ever come across one, let me know or get it and I'll get it from you. And I mean, going to hobby stores, nobody had it. And at that time, like when I had purchased it and even fast forward to now. You know, I um I check on the list of uh of the Mobius models through my distributor and they, they don't even have that available. That's sixty nine. Yeah, and they, like I said, the seventy uh seventy one that one is another one that's a model king that was production low numbers because uh, about a year or two ago I was looking for a couple more and that's when you know I realized the price because back then you know the '69 was like up to almost a hundred bucks, and yeah. then the '70 was right around sixty. And I was like, "What in the world?" And then, like I said, I can't remember if I read it somewhere or someone told me or what. But you know, with them being the Model King release combination with Mobius, you know, they only ran the limited numbers of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember um, even like when those first um, releases were coming out, 
And then it, it kind of like stopped for a while. And I was kind of afraid that they were going to just stop producing the Fords. And and I thought Mobius was going to come to an end. There was a time I almost felt like. But then later I had learned that uh, Pegasus Hobbies had acquired them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then once you, I started to see solicitations for future stuff, I was like, oh, that's awesome. There, you know, yeah. all this stuff's going to still come out. Yeah. The, I think Mobius, you know, Ray's originally, you know, is a really, really small company and whatnot. And I honestly think that, you know, the trucks took them to where they was more than capable, you know, of handling it. So, you know, but they also had the, you know, the Chryslers and the, the Hudson cars, but mm-hmm. I think, I think the, whenever they came out with that body, body, model of truck, that's what really, you know, soared them up. Yeah. I, I still remember you know, buying like my first Hudson Hornet, uh, a Mobius kit. And, um, mm-hmm. I mean, just, you know, getting it out of the box and, even I remember the chrome sheet when it's in the plastic, it also had like a little, a thin little, like a paper kind of sheet in there to protect the yeah. chrome. So I was like, wow, they even it, like put that in there. And just looking at all the parts, reviewing everything, there was like no flash at all. Like it was just very detailed and very clean. Yeah, that's the same way. I could. I actually bought the first one I bought was the 53 Hudson Hornet because, you know, like with your grandfather and his truck, that's what my grandfather had. Oh, that's and, dope. Uh, they was actually, you know, him and uh, another local guy, they was real big into the Hudsons. And they were, he was part of the Hudson, you know, car club back in the 70s, you know, and they had a big meet down in Florida. You know, and he went down there and him and my grandmother, you know, I've got the pictures of when they lays down there on the beach in the car and everything, you know, and then the whole time that he had the car. So I was wanting to, you know, I want to build that car to resemble and look exactly like the one he had. That's pretty cool, man. It's a, it's a trip, you know, um, like the stuff that, you know, when you look back and you think, and you, you go, man, my grandpa was like into that and he was in the car club, you know? Yeah. And it's it's almost like things that you're doing now, you know, later, you know, your kids or grandkids are going to look back and be like, you know, like they're going to look at like your trucks you have and, and the model building and all this stuff you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, with him and then, of course, my dad, he always had cars. And he had a he had a seventy SS Chevelle. That was a LS six car. And he actually sold that car when I was born. He had three cars and that was the one that he could get the most money out of at the time and it was about, you know back when Barrett Jackson started getting popular. We watched one roll across there, you know, his seventy SS LS six car. It sold for like one point two million dollars. He looked at me. He said, "I should have kept the car and got rid of you." <laughs> That's funny. Dang. So, but you know, he's had cars, and then you know, I mean, ever since I I could remember, you know, I've always been fascinated with 
cars and trucks. And then uh, my son, he's 21 right now. He's in the Hondas, though. He's got two, but he's got a 2015 SI Civic. And I think he's got everything he's about to do, or he's going to do a turbo on it. So, yeah. Yeah, that's tight. Um, I also wanted to bring up, remember, remember a while back, I don't know how long it's been, but you had gone to a, an event and, um, and there was a video, this, uh, there was a YouTube channel, a video that they did an interview with you and you had brought out oh. some, some cars. What, what channel was that? Uh, the Ford era. Oh, okay. There we go. And, um, yeah. that was, that was this, this year, right? Yeah. That one was back in May. Uh, that was the the F one hundred Grand Re, Grand Nationals, what they call that one. Um, I met Solomon two about two years ago. At is either there or at the Super Nationals. I can't remember which one. And you know, we kicked it off since then. And every time you know the shows are here, he comes up, and you know we usually hang out he's from florida oh nice so. yeah that was pretty dope i mean um you know showcasing some of the bills that you brought out to that event there because yeah. i mean it's it's mainly a one-on-one scale cars that they show yeah it is uh you know like i said me and him just talked back and forth and whatnot and when i built 72 you know he was he was trying to get it from me. And I was like, no, I I'm not getting rid of this truck. So, uh, <laughs> but I told him, I said, I'll bring it up there, you know, in May along with another one, you know, let you actually, you know, see them in person. So. Yeah. He must, he must, yeah, it was pretty look, cool to do it. That's tight. Cause he must see them and be like, man, I want one so bad. Oh yeah. He, it, it, it kills people. Cause you know, because he'll share stuff on the, the Ford Era page, you know, and I, I'll start getting, you know, messages, you know, how much to build my truck, how much I'm like, I, you know, I don't build for other people just because sometimes a build might take me three or four weeks. One could take me up to a year, you know, it just depends on what all I want to do with it and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, and it almost feels like the fun goes away when you have, like, a, a responsibility like that. Like, something, mm-hmm. just that pressure of, like, when are you going to get it done? Is it ready? Or show me, give me an update. Or show me this, show me that. It's, it's I don't know. I just feel like it's too much. Always my biggest thing has been, you know, not getting something exactly right. You're correct, you know, like someone, because, you know, now, you know, with 3D printing, you can do pretty much whatever if you can get someone to draw it and print it for you. But still, you know, it, like you said, it just takes the fun out of it. You know, sometimes you, I can see a picture or something. I'm like, you know, just badass and all that. And that's, I'm like, I want to do that. And, but I start doing it and then I see something. I'm like, well, it looks better with it this way, you know, and I'll change it up. So I can't, I can't do an exact replica of anything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and like building the models, like what seems to be like the, um, like the difficult part that you find 
or kind of the the stuff that you kind of dread like in a way like dang you know because putting it together (laughs) yeah because i mean we we do have our our favorite parts but then there's a part where you're kind of like ooh, you know dang all right we made it here you know we got to get through here getting into that final assembly that's just you know any that's when you know the net picking problems get you and that's just always just been the hardest for me you know is getting into that final stage of final assembly and getting almost you know it's almost done <laughs> yeah it's it's so true you made me think about um some years back when i i still remember um like there were some models where i opened the doors and hinged them and then you know everything is working fine and whatever car gets painted everything's still working fine and then after it gets cleared and then it's time to put it all together. Like you said, okay. the problems start to arise. All of a sudden, the doors aren't closing because of the clear. Uh, yeah. It's all thick and like it's just, you know, it's just hitting. Like it's just not going to let you close them completely. And I'll be like, man, what the heck? You know? And I remember talking to people about that and they'll be like, dude, be very careful when you clear around the doors or like the door jams and all that stuff. Yeah. Man, yeah, you're you're right though. You get all these. Um, I was talking with uh, with Dennis a while back, and he was working on a car that he wanted to bring to the Acme show. Yeah, I think I talked to him down there. <laughs> He's like, man, I was wanting to get it done, but I I was this far, and I wasn't about to rush it and mess up. <laughs> yeah, and he was just like, just telling me, man, this car is fighting me. Like anything, you know, I'm trying to. I'm already at, like, the car's already painted and everything, you know, and it's just like trying to just make things fit and finalize it and it was not happening yeah it's just like that's why i kind of like to do my bodies first because if the paint ain't right and i'm not satisfied with it the rest of the bill you know i just me starting you know doing chassis engine and then do the body last if that body's not done to my ocd standards with the rest of it, you know, I, I won't never finish it. But that's why I always start with, you know, my body first. That way, you know, my body's done and I know it's where I want it and I'm happy. Then I can move on to the rest of it. Uh, that 50 Chevrolet pickup I done, I painted that thing seven times before wow. I finally got the paint where I wanted it and happy with it and and that truck right there, and I, that's probably one of my favorite, one of the favorite ones that I've got, but mm-hmm. just the stance of it and the color and everything. So you just kept stripping that thing once mm-hmm. like, if you weren't satisfied and then just redoing it? Yep. Man, that's crazy. When um when you do your engine, you know, like let's say you mock up the engine and everything's looking good and you start building it, um, do you add all the details already right there and then and finish it off or, or is, does that kind of come towards the end where you decide, you know what, I'm going to add this now to it and this to the engine. Usually, you know, I'll plan it out, you know, along with the rest of the stuff, you know, like I'll have all my aftermarket stuff and a little, you know, box that I plan on using for the build. So, you know, once I get, you know, the chassis mocked up and I can paint everything on it, 
you know, I, usually by then too, I've already got, you know, like the block halves and stuff uh, glued together. And then sometimes, you know, I'll go ahead and paint everything. And then once everything's painted, you know, I just put it all together right then. Nice. And um, as far as like your, your workspace for model building, are you doing it in the house or do you have uh, like in the garage or like a space where, where you, you know, you know, like no one's bothering you and, and you could get in the zone right there. Um, yeah. I, in the basement here, uh, I've got my own little area in here. I do majority of the building in here. Uh, I do have a building outside that, uh, that I paint do all my painting in. So I've got a paint booth out there that we made and events it outside and, so I can do all my painting out there, you know, let it sit overnight or however long I want it to sit out there. And then, you know, I'll bring it in the next day or a couple of days later and either mock it up or, you know, start messing around with other stuff on it. But majority of my builds, they're done inside. That's cool. Yeah, I, um, I, I still sometimes think back as to where I, I was working on my model builds, you know, uh, back then when I was living with my parents and even when I was living with a, one of my friends, like a roommate. And, you know, it's, I feel I, now that I'm living, you know, um, over here where I'm at right now, um, in the LA area, like the room I have set up, it's like, I share that room. It's not just like that room's just mine, you know? Like yeah. part part it's it's somewhat of a, like an office space like a workspace for my fiance and then I have a table that originally I was going to be doing builds there but then it kind of turned into uh, a table where I package items to ship <laughs> out so yeah. you know there's days that I could have boxes and tape and various things on there and then when I want to build it's like I got to clear all that stuff out and um, yeah. you know get into it. And sometimes it's it, it's kind of tough. Like I always feel like the setting. Like I always feel like, man, back then, I feel like the setting was really dope. That I was like nothing would bother me. I was just in the zone. Everything's like at an arm's reach. And right now, like it somewhat is, but in a way, it's kind of sometimes it can be a little bit of a mission that I have to like move stuff around in order for me to like um, get into it, you know. And um, and I always think about now like man it's very important you know having the like the correct space to uh work on your builds no oh, yeah yeah it's just like when i was <clears throat> younger uh, in building i always built you know my room was in the basement here and there's at the steps it would come down you know and have a big flat platform and then it stepped off down on to the ground and that's where i did my models you know for years you know and then of course i grew up got out and whatnot and uh and then when i got back into it, uh the apartment we had you know i had to drag everything out and then put everything back up and um we moved we ended up moving back in with mom and dad because of my mom's health and uh, so for years, you know, I still done it on the steps. And then I guess it's about 
five years ago, I actually, you know, got a bench and dedicated a place, you know, just for me to build. So it definitely is nice to have everything within arm's reach, you know, the workflow and it just makes everything so much nicer. Yeah. I, I feel like that will come for me like in the future, you know, I think, mm-hmm. um, cause I, I know where we're living at now. We might, you know, be here for like another year and then, you know, possibly move or something else. But I know definitely the next spot is going to be bigger than this spot. And, um, and I know I'll have like a designated area to, to work on builds because I mean, I, I, I get inspired. I see a lot of the stuff you guys are doing and I'm just like, man, I, I gotta get back on it, you know? But then it's just, it's just the space, you know, like, I mean, I could come to the, to the dining room table and do it here, but then I don't have my tools here, you know? Yeah. Then you're dragging and packing stuff up. Yeah. Going back and forth. And then if I forget something, you know, my little one, like she's quick. If she sees something, she's going to grab it, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I got to hide like everything, anything that I go that, you know, that I think is just dangerous. I got to put it away. Oh, yeah. You know, so, and even now it's funny, like whenever I want to prime or something, um, I, I don't even have my airbrush or nothing set up in here in the house. I have to just grab a Tamiya rattle can and, and go on the side of the house and make sure that no one's out there like neighbors or kids, you know, playing. Um, mm-hmm. And they just, just spray away because or else mm-hmm. these kids are going to see me and they're going to come over. They're going to, you know, ask questions or see what's what up. What are you doing? Yeah, hey. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna smell it, you know, the, the fumes. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, I don't want to cause any, any problems or any attention, you know? Yeah. So, so, I don't know. Hopefully, you know, those things will, will change. I know for sure they will, you know, in a matter of time in the future. But I think yeah. for now... Um, you know, you having your space, that's dope, man. Take advantage of it. Just do your thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do. I mean, I, I don't hardly watch any TV. I really don't even watch TV at all. I usually just come in and I turn music on, whatever I want to listen to. And I sit here at the bench pretty much, you know, I, I might not be doing anything, but mm-hmm. this is where I sit every day, you know, every day. Yeah. No, yeah, because, you know, sometimes, too, like you said, like, I, I can sit down and be, you know, chilling with my stuff. I don't even have to be working on nothing, but even if I'm just, it's like, it's like a comfort zone, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, And then all of a sudden, it's it's like a, it's like the light switch turns on, and then you're just grabbing stuff, and you're detailing, and, you know, yeah. gluing things together and whatnot. That's pretty cool. When, when you do your mock-ups... Um, are are you using any type of uh, like um, not like CA glue, but some some type of glue to kind of hold up the mock-up, so then you could take it apart, and then, or do you even use glue or, or just tape? It just depends on what it is. Sometimes I'll take a little dab of plastic weld because it's easy, you know, to clean up, or I'll use just a dab of a. Uh, super glue if you know that wasn't strong enough or and then of course tape and then you know i've got like different pieces of styrene you know for ride height and uh popsicle sticks sanding sticks you know whatever i can get to get the right height that i want you know mm-hmm. so, I, I will use it too because because i i i've never i've never used like 
you know, I've seen that, like oh, you said, popsicle sticks or like pieces of styrene. And I've mm. seen people do it. And, and that's always like something that I'm like, wait a minute. So you got to explain to me. So you put this, let's say you use the popsicle sticks and then you lay the body that's going to be on that. And the wheels, how you have it all like mocked up. Let's say that you're like, all right, I like that stance right there. Um, how, how do you do it or how do you measure it? So this way, when you take it apart, so you're going to get that stance once you place like the A-arms and like the axle and all that. Mm. Just all depends on the car and the suspension, really. Uh, but usually, you know, I make sure, you know, if I, I want the wheels to tuck up under the fenders, that's usually, you know, I'll get that issue fixed first. And then uh, once I got it in there, you know, I'll look at, you know, where the my center point is on the wheel, where it would mount to the spindle or the rear axle. And usually I just eyeball it. Um, I don't do a whole lot of, you know, measure, measure, but. Uh, yeah, busting up mad rulers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know. Like I said, the front, it just all depends on, you know, the kit and how everything's molded. Um, I've had some, you know, that was, didn't even waste no time. already figured out how to drop it, you know, get it to low. And then I've had others, you know, where I've scratched my head for two or three days before I finally figured it out. Nice. That's cool. So that you know, there's always that 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 mystery, right? Like, how am I gonna get this? Mm-hmm. And then you figure it out. Yeah, that's cool. And um, is there is there before we wrap this episode up? Because I know we're getting down to the to the time here. Um, any shout outs or anything you know you want to say before we go? Dude, I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing really. I I didn't even think about that far or anything. But yeah, no, it's all good. Or I mean, there's just there's just so many people that are out there that are friendly and uh, helpful. You know, communities. You know, especially on Instagram, it's huge. So yeah, but, I mean, there's a lot a lot of good people out there. You know that that helps and takes time to help you and everything so it's just hard to pinpoint just you know any particular ones mm. i want to shout out just one person nah, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool man now nah, i mean um i want to thank you for for doing the episode dude i mean i know it's been a minute we've been you know going back and forth about when i asked you a long time ago to be a guest on the show and I mean, I just felt like there was just so much different things going on. And then at the same time, it was like the time difference too was another factor in there. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely am uh, humbled that you asked me to be on it and to be a part of it. No, nah, definitely, man. I mean, you, you do a lot of amazing builds, dude. And I mean, everyone listening, if you're on Instagram, if you have not checked yet, but make sure you check out Shane. His Instagram's at slammed i am zero one um i mean just keep doing what you're doing man I, I think a lot of the stuff that you're doing you're you're inspiring a lot of people definitely you're up there with that high quality of builds dude you know 
there there's a lot of uh different people i follow on instagram and i know a lot of the stuff that you come out with it's it's up there dude it's 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 really dope stuff man and i mean i'm speaking for a lot of people too you know on that because uh yeah there's different levels to it and i feel like we need people like you uh to keep building on that next level to keep us you know inspired and to to want to reach your level you know um because it doesn't end you know it just it keeps going and it keeps going and we need somebody to look up to and to be like our hero, you know, that we go. Yeah, we go, I, I definitely know what you mean in there. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a bunch that, you know, that I follow and look up to. And, you know, I'm like, all right, you know, I need to get up to that level now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, um, and you know, hopefully people that you meet in the future, you know, if, if they listen to this podcast or just meet you at shows and stuff, they uh, they'll ask you the questions, you know. To be like, hey, how'd you do this? Because that's always a cool thing, um, sparking conversation, you know, especially on things that we're into and just questions that we have on things we want to learn. Yeah, I, I've, I've done that quite a, quite a bit at shows, you know, say someone, say something on someone's building on the, all right, how'd you achieve that, you know? Yeah. You know, so sometimes when I've gone to shows, you see a building, you're like, man, this is dope. And you're just, I'll be looking around like, like who built this, you know? Because no one's, no one's like there, there yet. Everyone's chilling on the sides. And I'm al- I'm almost thinking like, man, I should bring like a little notepad and like write questions on there and just leave the paper right there. And then on the back, maybe write my email or something. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they could just reply, hopefully. Um, that'd be kind of funny. Just like leaving a bunch of questions on like different tables. <laughs> Yeah, I've never even really thought about anything like that. (laughs) It's almost like uh, like back in school when it's like Valentine's and it's like, (laughs) you know, everyone, you go to the store and buy that big box that has all kinds of cards and you have to write everybody's name or whatever. And then you just, when you're in class, you're just putting it on the desks of everybody. Um, I don't know, but I was just thinking like seeing somebody's car and then right underneath it is like a huge stack of papers with a ton of questions. (laughs) <laughs> that'll be wild yeah, have this notebook and please uh, respond to me <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> nah that's cool well hey bro th- thank you Shane for um, uh, being on the on the podcast and uh, we'll, we'll be in touch and um, yeah. you know we'll be back do another one keep us updated with uh, what you've been up to and you know the, the builds and you know whatever questions I'm gonna have I'm gonna definitely send you a DM on that <laughs> Uh, yep, I definitely appreciate you having me on here, and it's fun talking with you. And yeah, likewise, likewise. Well, thank you guys for listening. That's episode number one forty-five with my guest Shane Harold. Um, if you guys are looking for um, model car kits or paint parts, whatever, just make sure to check out ScaleRiders.com to see the latest arrivals um and things and also what's to come all right guys peace out thank you for listening thank you shane have a good night all right thank you you too man thank you bye